0: Welcome back to Country Conversations. My name is Joey, and as always, I am joined by...
1: Hey man, it's Chris here tonight. What's going on tonight, Joey?
0: Man, not much. We uh, have another special guest on the show tonight that we're super thankful to get to sit and talk with. Uh, that is Miss Parker Gray. Parker, how are you doing tonight?
2: Howdy, y'all. I'm doing so great. Thanks so much for uh, having me on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. This is kind of a long time in the making. We, we had chatted kind of earlier in the year, I think, and... Things didn't work out, and now we finally got you on the show, so we're super stoked to talk to you about your musical career so far.
2: Well, I'm, I'm very grateful that we've been able to make it happen. I've been I've been so super stoked to talk to you guys, so thanks again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And for those of you that don't know, Parker is a singer-songwriter, and you're currently in Canada, right?
2: Yes, you betcha.
0: And you've been to Nashville, you've recorded in Nashville, like
2: you've done that whole thing. Yeah, so I actually just got back yesterday, and I was there for the last month. Um, and I've been back and forth over the last couple of years, kind of being down there, getting my feet wet in the scene, and recording music and doing the whole thing. I'd like, it's just a whole. Have you guys been? To Nashville? Oh yeah.
1: yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. We've been a bunch. Yeah.
2: It's just like a whole beast, right? Like there's oh, just yeah. like the amount of talent, and like it's just insane. And I love being the weakest link in the room. It's like the best because you just you learn so much. And every time I go, I feel like I'm learning something completely new. And yeah, I'm just obsessed with it there. Gosh, I love it.
0: Did you get to do a lot of shows or a lot of rights while you're down there the past month?
2: Uh, You know, what's funny is a lot of my rights got like shifted or canceled or like moved to like August or September. So I ended up just like, because I have a full time job too, but I was just like working and then I finished up the EP while I was down there. So I got out to a couple rounds. I played around but it was like super mellow, which is not normally how it goes. Normally, I'm out like every night, two rounds a night, like checking out whatever I can do and then ending up at Red Door and then going to bed at 2 a.m. But this was like I was in bed by like 9 and getting going to the gym for 6 a.m. It was a whole different
0: oh my vibe
2: this month around.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. That's awesome. Well, we'll definitely talk about your latest single and the EP and everything a little bit later. But first, you just want to tell us kind of how, when, why you got into playing country music?
2: Yeah. So I grew up in a smaller town north of Toronto, uh, called Orillia. And I mean, I grew up on my aunt and uncle's farm, I would like run their fruit and veggie stand, and like go to farmers markets, like do the whole thing. So I spent a lot of time on their farm. And my parents always listen to country music, but it never really like... I, it wasn't like an initial thing that I'm like, Oh, I should do country music. I was always obsessed with singing. I was obsessed with learning lyrics and I would like do performances in my parents' basement, like most, you know, tiny girls do. Um, but I actually started out once I really started pursuing music. I started out in pop, which was in the era of like Ellie Golding and Lord, and, um, like Lady Gaga. And when like that stuff was popping off and mm. I thought that that was my lane um and i tried for a long time and it wasn't until like 2017 that i wrote i was producing a pop single in la and a guy that was friends with the producer i was working with he's com- he was completely country and he was like you should really be doing country music and i was like oh that's such an interesting thought like i love country music <laughs> like awesome. i don't know i don't know why i never like put two and two together and and then we ended up writing my debut single, which was Do Over. We wrote Do Over, and that was the catalyst to everything else. So I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I love telling stories. And and I don't think it's like that pop music doesn't tell, like, genuine stories, but it's just, like, a different way of telling stories. And country has always been this, like, just this, like, a massive visual, like, journey that I could I was always obsessed with. And, and yeah, and then I just started diving headfirst into it, and I – will never look back. I'm like, I
1: just love it. Yeah, that's cool, Parker. We always find it interesting when we talk to people from Canada because I always think to myself is like, is the music scene up there? Is it is it identical to what we have here? Or is it like a little bit of American music mixed in with oh. you know the, the Canadian music? Or, you know, I mean, I'm guessing, you know, the bigger cities, Toronto, Vancouver, that, you know, it's probably pretty similar to if you were living in Seattle or, you know, Chicago, Detroit, that kind of stuff, right?
2: I don't think it is. I okay. would argue otherwise. Um,
1: okay. Tell We us. don't
2: have, <laughs> you're like, please. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Um, we don't have, like, I say this very gently because I think, like, I mean, all I know is the Vancouver scene, really, but knowing my friends who are artists in Toronto and, and other places, I would say Calgary probably has the best country music scene because they also have the Stampede. They're yeah. like, they've just been like a mainstay for country music for forever. Whereas Vancouver is way more like folk, pop, indie indie stuff. And like, we have a country scene here. Like we have our, we have an, like our BC Country Music Association. We have country artists here, but it's not to the same degree as Calgary by any means. But also like Toronto is like, again, it's like hip hop, R&B, pop. Like they have their own lane, um, but we don't have this like consistent, Country vibe across the country. Whereas, like, I feel like I look at the U.S. and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like the country is like a staple to like American lifestyle. And maybe that's just like an outsider's perspective of it all. But yeah, it's Vancouver, but also Canadians, like, our music scene as a general country is just so much harder because we can't go on tour the way that, like, you could do Texas in like the span of two weeks or whatever you wanna do or three weeks or four weeks. Whereas we ha- would have to go across the country and it would cost you a bajillion dollars cause you'd have to fly cause the damn country is so big. And there's only so many venues. Like we just don't have the same live music scene that I think the US does. And that's just from my experience. But yeah, it's just different. It's super different and our radio stations. like because we have maple and there's like a certain requirement for stations here to play Canadian artists. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, they can play Shania Twain and then that like meets, you know, like there's the right, percentage yeah. I think is like lower. Um, we have like a, there's a bunch of Canadian country artists who, you know, have won Junos who are doing big things. They could probably make millions of dollars touring Canada. Um, and you'll hear those folks on Canadian radio quite, quite a bit, but it's kind of like, I would almost feel like it's like a 60-40 a U.S. artist to Canadian artists.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, when I think of current Canadian country music, I think of, you know, Dallas Smith and High Valley and right, uh, obviously Shania and, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's uh, Tenille Town. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I, you know when we check out all the, the major tours, whether it's, you know, Eric Church or Luke Combs or Carrie Underwood, they're they're always doing, you know, five or six Canadian dates. So, in my mind, I think, you know at least in the bigger cities, the, yeah. ma- the major mainstream stuff that's going on down here is definitely reaching there, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, it's funny. We don't get a lot of um, of the major acts in Vancouver. Like, we got Luke. We had Stapleton come through. Um, there, most of them will, like, some of them will just skip over. Or, like, the mid-tier ones, like, not the people that are just below the carries of the world. Yeah. They they'll will They won't go to Vancouver, but they might go out to Abbotsford which is like the outskirts of Vancouver. And then they'll definitely go Edmonton or Calgary. But right. often we won't get the same people because we just don't have the same numbers. Right. Um, it's super interesting. But I mean, girl, girls like Robin Ottolini, I mean, she's from Ontario and she's killing it now. And I mean, she's coming here to Vancouver with Tim Hicks in a couple of, I think it's like a couple of weeks or in August or something. And like, that's probably one of the first shows that I'll be going to in the city that I'm like, oh my gosh, like we've got like some country stuff that's happening. Like, it's just cool. I think it's starting to get better here is where I'm going with this. I think we're actually starting to like embrace live music again in this city. And people are excited to be going out, which is cool.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Absolutely. That's fantastic. One thing I did, I'm kind of like veering off in a little bit of a different direction here now, but I couldn't help but notice just from following you on social media and kind of what we've talked about in the past is you have a signature catchphrase (laughs) about your music, and it is, correct me if I'm wrong, saddies for the baddies.
2: Saddies for the baddies. Yes, that (laughs) is. It it was so funny because I was talking about, I was on Backstage Bobby, and I was talking with Bobby, and I had had on a mission to make country music sad again since the days of like Clubhouse. If you got did you guys ever go on Clubhouse during the pandemic?
0: Uh no.
1: No.
2: Oh my gosh, it was like the best app. It was like a um I'm not plugging cup Clubhouse Clubhouse. I don't. I'm <laughs> not. This is not a sponsor. This is not mad Um they it was like a it was like a virtual like m- like app. Uh, p- almost like a podcasting platform where you could be in different rooms and you could like sit in rooms and just talk or you could be like there'd be like presenters and I got really big into the clubhouse scene and every I remember being in in a room once they said your your bio has to be super catchy and it has to have like a catchphrase so I made up the on a mission to make country music sad again as a joke and then it really stuck and then I was on Bobby's thing and she starts talking about that and I was like oh actually I have another one and again it was a joke And I was like, Saddies for the baddies. And she's like, that is brilliant. And so then now that's stuck. And then Casey Musgraves did a tweet a while back and it was like Saddies or Saddies or for the baddies or something. And I like did a reel on it. I was like, Girl, is this a bat signal? Like, come, come for me, please. Like, I see you. Do not steal my slogan, but also let's be best friends. i should have trademarked it i should have trademarked it you
0: should have i can't believe we didn't hear about the clubhouse app man chris
2: dude it was the the best i spent (laughs) i like i like built my nashville street cred the very little that i have on that app because so many people were from like all the because the music industry shut down right so everybody Mm. was just like i have all this time so people were like doing writer's rounds essentially on this app and like talking about how to market yourself as like a major label or an indie artist or this or that. It was, it was amazing. It was a, it was one heck of a resource.
0: That's, that's awesome. I can't believe we didn't hear about that, but yeah, that's cool that you had that outlet. I guess you'd call it to network and do that stuff. That's, that's freaking awesome. But another thing kind of in connection to the saddies for the baddies, I read that you actually have like a candle, that is like named after your catchphrase and it's like for a really good cause. Do you wanna talk about that a little
2: bit? Yeah, yeah, so All Country News has a sub brand called Good Sentiments. And I collabed with them on my own candle and it's a vanilla tobacco, so it's like dreamy western sad girl vibes all in one delicious little candle. Um, And $5 of every candle purchase goes to uh, the Vanderbilt Ingram Cancer Care Center um, for research. So I cancer is something that's really close to my heart. And um, I think it's in for a lot of us in different ways. And so when I, when they ask me, like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I want this to go to this. So you can buy a candle, your house will smell like a dreamy Western saddies for the baddies country song. And you're doing some good by giving back to, to uh, cancer research. So I was super thrilled that they asked me to jump on board for that and you can buy them online at GoodSentiments.com. That is great.
0: Yeah.
1: You guys go get a candle. I'm going
0: to have to grab one as soon as we get off. Yeah. Here. That's, that's, do that's, it. That's great. I love
1: that. <laughs> that's awesome. Tell us a little bit about making music. You know, I mean, Vancouver and Nashville are <laughs> not close. So <laughs> no. tell, tell us a little bit about how, I mean, how do you go from being in Vancouver, thinking of making music or making music and then making connections in Nashville and getting down there? I mean, what's that process like?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, when I, when I wrote do over with John Strandell and he was producing the single, he was in St. Louis and he was like, you know, I want to do this in Nashville. And I was like, cool. And that was my first trip to Nashville. And that was like, I don't know, late 2018, 2019. And, um, we did the single and then the world shut down shortly after. And I ended up spending like my full-time job was so dead. So all I went on an app called, again, this not an ad, but we should write some time is like a Tinder style songwriters app. So you can swipe left or right on songwriters and essentially like start a co-write. So I had started using that app and then that opened up my world to all these people that I'd never known existed. And like it kind of just opened up the realm to like Nashville writers and and what that looks like and and the kind of people caliber of people I could be working with. Um, So I started that and then that opened my first little circle of songwriters that I spent, you know, I'd write three songs a day with this core group of people. And then it was like, this person knows this person and this person knows this person. So I just keep connecting. and, And I mean, I do PR for a living. So like, I'm all about building relationships. I'm all about like learning about other people and, and what their goals are and trying to help them. And um, then Clubhouse came along. And then I branched out my network even further, because it gave me the opportunity to, to like, be like, Hey, I'm an artist, and I do this thing. And I do all the marketing myself, and, and I can help other people do it. And that ended up just inherently people being like, Well, hey, like, do you want to write some time? And I'd be like, Yeah, sure. And now that I'm like, I've got a core group of people down there that I love to write with, and that I go and visit. Um, they're just like, Hey, well, what about this? And what about that? And when I was on clubhouse, I actually met my management. Who's now my management this is 22 and ever since they came on board, I started working with another producer and, and then that producer Kate Malone, she's introduced me to a plethora of new songwriters who, you know, who, who I've collaborated with over the last couple of trips that I've been down there. And it's all about, it's just like the game of like meeting people and like finding the people that fit. And I mean, I've had a lot of failed songwriting sessions (laughs) for the last couple of years (laughs) but some like really fantastic people and people who like I would turn to in a second if I was like you know they're more than just co-writers they're like great friends and family now
0: I love it and I think that's awesome what you do for a living the PR stuff that's that Mm -hmm. has to be beneficial with being an artist and promoting you know like oh yeah promoting yourself I think that's fantastic
2: yeah I mean like I do all the pitching for all my media I do a lot of my pitching for radio which is like a different ball game in itself and people like yeah but you're not getting that much it's like well yeah I get that but I'm still building these relationships that I think I think that's an like a kind of a leg up for a lot of people like I kind of know if I do hire an agency for anything I kind of have the base level expectation of what should be happening because I know what I can get on my own so if I'm paying the money to hire a PR agency or a publicist of some of some kind to get me additional press, it's like, okay, well, I can do this baseline stuff. So if you're not getting above and beyond that, then why am I doing this? And I've always been a believer and like, you should be able to understand the business of, my, of music if you plan to get into it, because I mean, there's so many people that get taken advantage of and sold the pipe dream. And like, we're, we're gonna do all these amazing things for you and you're gonna get X, Y, and Z. And the reality is like, that's not often, how it goes. Right. So it's been my mission to really learn the business and understand the backside of everything and like do as much of it myself as I can until I like actually am too busy to to do it. And I can then to the point where I can just start to focus on the music and that's it. But it's uh, I love it. I mean, it's it's nice to it's rewarding when you start pitching out something and people want to talk about it because they think it's cool. So it's like a double down of excitement and happiness.
1: you <laughs> <laughs> you gosh, you just sound busy.
2: I <laughs> am. I
1: that's what I think when I sit here and listen to you talk. It's just I am busy. You are but it's full, full of stuff.
2: All the time. And I yeah. mean like it's I I'm really excited and looking forward <laughs> to when stuff really starts to pop off so I can like hand some of it off because it does make it hard to juggle all the things and creatively, it sucks the life out of you a little bit. And you know, you just, you just really do want to focus on the music and filming the TikToks and doing those things to like expand your audience and build new fans, not just like talk to this blog and that blog and be like, Hey, talk about my shit again, because I've talked to you forever. Like, yeah, yeah for It's sure. so, I'm so grateful for these humans that, that support what I do, but I'll be excited when I don't have to like solely talk to them for this.
1: I know Joey did some research and, and, and found oh, out great. Um, that uh, <laughs> your producer and engineer and half of your management team are females. That's pretty epic. Tell us about that and tell us kind of, I mean, it's, it's a cliche question, but you know, tell us about what you think about just females in country music right now.
2: Yeah. Oh man, I'm so glad you guys asked this. Um, so when my management and I were talking about producers for new music, because I've always worked with men and a lot of my co-writers were men. And I'd, during the pandemic, I'd written with so many women and there was just this different energy with working with women. And I thought it wouldn't be that way, but I found that like we were able to connect on a deeper level and when we were writing these songs, um, it just, there was a different sense of magic to it. And and so when I was talking to my management, I was like, you know, it'd be really cool to find a female producer that's kind of doing stuff different, that's popping off a little bit, Um, that's like a good fit for what, what it is that I want to, what I want to create. And so they introduced me to Kate Malone and that was fantastic. And when I talked to Kate, I was like, you know, I'm really about women doing more in the music industry and, and gaining more recognition for the work that they do, because obviously there is like quite the like there's quite the shift in how many female producers are like, you know, winning Grammys and engineers that are winning Grammys and songwriters who are winning Grammys or just people that are in the rooms that deserve to be in the rooms strictly because the fact that they're female, they're not. So that was something where I'm like, okay, if I believe in this wholeheartedly, then I need to kind of do something on my end. What is it that I can do to support that? and like kind of not in like in a way, like put my money where my mouth is, but like stand behind what I'm talking about. And so when I talked to Kate about it, I was like, you know, who could we get that is still a fit for the music that you feel like is going to create, you know, what you want to hear at the same time. um, We can like share this thing together. Cause she felt very much the same that I did. Like she wanted to represent more females and, She's very like for her fellow woman, so it was kind of like something that we bonded on as well, and we landed on Gabby the Master, um, and then even some all the songs except for one on the two on the EP coming up are all female written, so that's really cool that's too. Awesome. And I've I've been trying really hard to to find people that I collaborate with really well, and you know that stand for the same things that I believe in because I feel like. I mean, we all look at brands nowadays and like, do they align with our core values? And like, is this somebody I want to associate myself with for X, Y, and Z? And and I really wanted to find other women that kind of felt the same way that I did. And, and luckily, I've kind of done that. So, yeah, it's That's cool awesome. to have so many women yeah. on the team. It's rad.
1: I you know, it's weird it. <laughs> you mentioned songwriters because if you really look at it the way Nashville is, you know, band members, producers, executives – you know, not a lot of females, but mm-hmm. but if you look at the songwriters, there are a ton of female yeah. songwriters that are absolutely killing it. But it's yeah. all those other positions that you don't. I mean, you don't see a lot of a lot of females. No, um, no, but the songs, and like there's, which are the number one thing that matters. <laughs> there's all yes. kinds of women that are absolutely killing it.
2: And I will say that, like over the last year and a half, I we have seen more women execs get put in those seats. We have, and yeah. I think that. I think times are changing however it's not necessarily it we haven't fixed the problem like radio itself and i don't i can't quote the stat but like there's a stat out there which is quite alarming of like the percentage of male versus female artists on traditional country radio and it is predominantly men and it's like that's a problem like that shouldn't be how it is and and i think if you know it's sure we we have to make great songs that are radio friendly blah, blah 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 all those things but it's also like radio has to also give a chance to more females to be on the radio in order to make it mainstream that more females are on the radio so mm-hmm. i mean yeah. i hope that we start to see this shift and continue to shift in a positive direction but i just wanted to be a part of the movement in some way and and do what i can on my end to to get as many females involved
0: Absolutely. Well, you're definitely building the right team, it sounds like, to do it, and you're putting out the right music to do it, too, so that's fantastic. Yeah.
2: Yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah, but speaking of, you've got a lot of hype going on right now. You've got a new single (laughs) that just dropped literally like five days ago. Yeah. It's called Last Rodeo.
2: Last Rodeo.
0: Yes, so congrats on the release. We love it. We're huge fans of the song. To our listeners, if you guys haven't checked it out yet, you have to go listen to it. Pause this and go listen to it and come back. (laughs) It It is an amazing track, so... Um, We just wanted to ask about the inspiration of the song, what the process of writing it was like and producing and all that good stuff.
2: Yeah, so I actually wrote this on my last Nashville trip in like March, April. And I had had the title Last Rodeo for a long time. And I've been, I mean, I'm really obsessed with like these dreamy, Western, old-timey kind of vibes. And I love when sonically the song's, catapult you back to like a time and a place where you kind of feel like you're in an old-timey Western and last rodeo was something that like I'd sat on the title but I didn't really know I hadn't I hadn't workshopped it very much and I got to Nashville thinking I was gonna write I was a little stressed out because I was writing for the EP and I was dating someone and I was super happy (laughs) I was so happy and I was like damn like I gotta write a sad EP I'm gonna have to like open some old wounds like this is not great and then it was like the universe was like, no, you don't. Don't worry about it. We'll mess this whole thing up.
1: And <laughs>
2: it all went sideways very quickly. And so oh. one day um, I was in this session with Tori and Kate, and I brought forward the last rodeo title. And they're like, ooh, I like that. And I would had already been, like, word vomiting about the situation I was in and how, like – it's those relationships where you're like you're in it and everything is like actually quite good so you can't decipher whether or not it's your just like your sheer insecurities and your past traumas that are actually like making you overthink the situation or if these are actual legitimate red flags that you should probably be paying attention to and so i was like you know i just like i just feel like i'm like given too much now and I'm holding out hope for something that I'm like kind of waiting for him to make the decision in a way, even though like, cause I wasn't willing to give up on it. I was like, this is probably just me overthinking. So like, we'll let him make the decision. Um, and so it was just like all about kind of how I'd been feeling in that moment with him and like how he was acting strange and like, it felt like something was gonna happen. And it was also this like, I was talking about this like weird connector of like how you can be sitting if you're sitting at a rodeo and you it's like the person that you love that's about to go race if you will or open the gate and it's like you can see that they're hesitating and you can like feel that tension and like this weird connector between rodeos and like love and the push pull of that and like it was this whole thing that I was like, "There's so many lanes to this," and like, so if you let go of that rope, I'll be holding out hope for one last rodeo. Kind of came out as the hook, and and I was like, "This is brilliant. We're writing yeah. this thing." Um, and so yeah, so we we wrote it back at the end of March, early April, and and then I think I tracked the vocals on that trip as well because we knew we knew it was a banger, and we're like, "This is a cool song. Like, this is something we should definitely." Prioritize, Mm. and then yeah, we tracked the vocals, and then over the last I had got come back to Canada, and so Kate and I were going back and forth virtually on on different things and, and soundscapes and ideas, and and then it finally you know came to be what it is, and I'm super thrilled that it's out, and it's it's just so interesting releasing music like this because it means so much to me, and it's like it's nice to see people message in and be like oh my goodness like I'm totally going through this right now or or like, you know, they're like, this is just so good. Like, I love this. Like, it's such a bop. And it's cool to see my music finally kind of like resonating with people in a different way. Even when it's like, I'm not getting editorial playlists or I'm not getting stuff like that. Like, it's just cool to see it land with folks, new and old, that, I, that are either just getting introduced to my music now or who have been fans for a while. So I'm obsessed with it. I like, I know it's my own song and it's biased opinion, but um, I love it. I think it's, I think it's rad. So
0: I'm glad that you guys think it's great too. Yeah, no, absolutely. we we do absolutely. And to your point, I think that that's pre- I, and I'm not an artist. I don't I don't write songs. I don't sing. If if I tried to sing, it, <laughs> it would be nails on a chalkboard. But like, oh, you
1: sing at concerts, Debbie. You yeah, but it, but, I'm, <laughs> but I'm drowned it out, dude. I'm dr- by you. You're louder than me, so you're, you yeah, drowned you're me right, out. So. Right.
0: But no, uh, I think as an artist, it's probably like just that feeling of being able to connect with your fans and yeah. have music that resonates with them is totally imperative because i mean us as country music fans that's what we look for in artists that we listen to is stuff yeah. we can resonate with so i'm sure you hearing that from your fans you know straight from their mouth or message or whatever it may be it's like holy cow this is you know my music's hitting with people and this is awesome so.
2: yeah and like it doesn't happen very often but when it does it's like really impactful. Like we had just done the BC country music awards happened earlier this month. And um, our local station here, JRFM was doing like a BCCMA's week. So they'd featured my one of my other singles last time, which is like the saddest of all my songs. And this guy DM'd me on Instagram and was like, I stopped listening to the radio for two years. And I happened to turn it on today and heard your song and like to hear it. I don't know if you guys have listened to last time, but it's like, Mm
1: -hmm. it's a
2: ballad. Like oh, it yeah. is, yeah, we have. never in a million years would I think that song gets any radio play. So yeah. the fact that that was on like traditional country radio made me die a little bit inside, but also was <laughs> so thrilled. But this wonderful man DM'd me and was like, I stopped listening to the radio for two years and I listened to the radio today for the first time and your song was on and this song like, and he sent me this like monologue about his whole experience over the last two years and how he's really been struggling with relationships and and like, you know, how he fits in society and how this song just kind of like brought up all these old things that, you know, he thought he kind of was over and through. And he's like, but at the same time, it was like the most beautiful experience because I always turned to country radio to like make me feel better. And for a long time it didn't. And then today I listened to it and it like reinvigorated that feeling of like music really making me feel better. And your song was like a catalyst for that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, in my car crying I had mascara running down my face I was like I look like a train wreck I'm just like (laughs) crying at my phone but it was so and it's like people take the time right to like someone someone sat on their phone and typed with their little thumbs that (laughs) long message and it's just like I think that that's the stuff that's so meaningful right like when someone goes out of their way to say something to you even if it's like hey you look really great today or like hey you did a good job on whatever like that those compliments, I think, are they're few and far between these days. I think we forget to share that those moments with people, and mm-hmm. so anytime somebody does it, I'm like, I like frantically respond immediately because. And sometimes I'm like, I'm sorry, I just like don't know what to say, but I'm saying all everything. And if I took two seconds to think about it, it would probably be way more articulate. But I'm so grateful, and he was so thrilled. But it's so weird, and I and I look forward to the day where I'm playing out and like people know my songs and and we can have that experience together because I think. That's the, the cool thing about music, right, is like we can – everyone knows the word. Like everyone in a room can know the words to one thing, and it's so yeah. weird, but like it so is weird, cool. But
1: amazing. <laughs> but
2: yeah. so amazing. So I don't yeah. know. I love it. It's, yeah. it's nice to it, – it's an amazing experience, and I'm so grateful for those people that reach out.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely.
0: That, yeah. Music is the one thing that just brings everybody together. Like no matter mm-hmm. what you do it's for crazy. a living, what yeah. your family is like, you can all come together in that hour-and-a-half set and just – be together and heal and you you know you just get it you know so yeah you're right yeah Yeah. that's awesome but absolutely so the single obviously it just dropped you know within Mm. the past week but and i know you've mentioned you've got the ep coming yeah Uh, so can you talk a little bit about the can you give out any deets on the ep or is it still kind of under wraps or
2: it's so well i mean i don't know it's coming out in in the early fall um i'm not going to give the title yet but it's i can tell you that it's sad I can can tell you that it's pretty much about one person by mistake. I didn't intend for that to happen, but it did. Um, And it's a bit of everything. Like, there's a little bit of. I listen to a lot of music. Like, I listen to everything from, like, Dermot Kennedy to, like, Zach Zach Bryan to Miranda Lambert to Carly Pierce and, like, Carter Faith. Like, I. I listen to everything. Like I love it all. Like "Whiskey and Me" by Chris Stapleton kills me every single time. Mm-hmm. And like it just there's I'm a little all over the place. Um, so I've kind of I wanted the EP to embrace my like obsession with different lanes. So there's there's a little bit down the middle country. There's a little bit of like an old '90s like nod to old school country. There's a little bit of like Americana vibes in there. Um, it's got a little bit of, it's got a flavor for everybody. So I'm excited about it. It's gonna, it will have to, it will have last time and it will have Cowboys go. And obviously last rodeo is the first song off the EP. So those will be there because I think last time and Cowboys go obviously need more love always. And I'm excited. I think it's going to be, I hope people love it. It's so scary. This is my first project my first full project. So I'm feeling a bit like, um, a, a fawn, if you will. And I'm like, so afraid of like releasing something this, this big, I guess, because it's so, all the things in one like it's singles are so much easier to release because you can just forget about it. You can be mm-hmm. done with it. Whereas this is like, I'm, I'm pooping out a bunch of stuff. And hoping to, <laughs> <laughs> hoping to God that people are like, oh, this awesome. is gar, this isn't garbage, <laughs> you know? Right. It's it's so much scarier, which I didn't think it would be, but
1: yeah, I'm not. Yeah, but
2: it,
1: um, it is. <laughs> Joey, Joey and I talk all the time about how, um, like, the new way of releasing music is like you know, songs, singles. This, mm-hmm. but you you can't really fall in love with an artist with one song, like you yeah. need a collection, you need a experience. You know what I mean? Like right. like if you hear a song, you can love a song, but that doesn't connect you to the artist. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: It is yeah. a weird, um, it's a weird thing that like a collection of songs together is that bit of a game changer. Like I've listened to a lot of piecemeal of like Zach Ryan stuff, um, but American Heartbreak, the latest record, It has put me into a whole other. I mean, the whole EP or the whole record is bananas, but like it's just put him into like a whole different category. And then looking back on that, it's like so many artists who then go and release like a a small collection of songs or a large collection of songs. It just gives you more of a journey. And I think you start to understand the artists a little bit better as you like listen through. And um, that seems terrifying, but also exciting. So I hope people like it because. I know I do. It's it, There's a lot of amazing writers on this EP, and, I mean, we've, we've put a lot of feelings into it, so hopefully that comes through.
0: Most definitely. I'm sure it's going to resonate with a ton of folks when you guys drop that, so...
2: Oh, yeah. I'm so nervous! <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll definitely be checking it out for sure, so... That's right. Thanks, uh, guys. Now, I know... You said you were in Nashville earlier this year, I believe, a little bit ago, yep. recording the yep. single, and you yep. had some rights, like it pushed back to the fall or something like that. Yeah. So are you, when you go back to Nashville, are you going to be doing any like shows anywhere down there? Like any, uh, I don't know, anything like that?
2: Yeah, so I played my first Nashville Writers' Round on the trip that I just had. So I just got back yesterday, and uh, that was really cool. I played the Nash News, did a girls' night out round at Assembly Food Hall, and it was so fun. Um, I want to be, I think the next trip down, I'll probably do a bunch of Raiders rounds. Cause I mean, legally as a Canadian, I can't play shows and get paid oh,
0: okay. because we
2: don't have visas. So, I mean, we can, I could get a visa, but it's, I'm trying to work on something else so that I can be down there full time. But, sure. um, uh, I'll probably play way more rounds. I just, it's funny because I just felt like I knew because I was going down on this trip, I knew I'd be recording the EP. I'm like, I don't want to trash my voice doing oh, yeah. shows and rounds and stuff. And I don't want to be out and then get sick, because I have the worst immune system on the planet. So I was like, I need to stay kind of healthy to finish recording the EP. And then, you know, then I can do whatever. So I think the next trip down, I'll probably do a bunch more writer's rounds, uh, be out and about way more. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I used to hate performing. I really? hated it. I hated it so much. I, I think because it made me so sick and so nervous and like, I hated it. And then I played a uh, like up here in, in Vancouver, there's a, a brewery that's trying to do like a Nashville style writers round and I played that. And I, after that, I was like, oh my gosh, I like missed, I missed this. Like I, now I'm like, now I feel better about it. And maybe it's cause I like my songs better now than I ever did before, but um, I hated it. So, but now I've got the, I've got the itch. Like now I'm like, I want to play all the time. Put me on a stage. Who wants to put me on a stage? Give me a microphone, like <laughs> that's a psychopath. Right.
1: That's awesome. That's a yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. My biggest question for people like you that go to Nashville is your experience is obviously totally different than when Joey and I go down there and go to the mm-hmm. Opry and the Ramen and go to CMA yeah. Fest and you know like yeah. w- walk up and down Broadway you guys, and that kind of stuff. Like,
2: were you guys there for it? CMA Fest a couple weeks ago?
1: I I had tickets to CMA Fest, but uh, I wasn't able to go. But I did go down okay. for um, went the Wednesday before CMA Fest. Luke uh, Combs did the um, kind of his fan club party, <gasps> the BMI and I was, I was there. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh my BMI. gosh! Yeah. I, yeah, was I was supposed there. to go. I was there. <laughs>
2: was, I'm so disappointed. It was pretty wild. <laughs> I heard. Sorry, <laughs> eight thousand eight
1: thousand people in a in a parking lot was absolutely.
2: <laughs> bananas with much. snipers yeah. standing on top yeah. of buildings yeah. so it was insane
0: i couldn't yeah. i didn't get to make it down but he texted me and told me about that and like sent me a picture and i was like holy crap i thought he, i didn't i thought he was kind of joking at first i'm like are you serious wild so was, no like, they were there Dude. Yeah, it was crazy Yeah, wild
2: sorry i didn't mean to take you off no the of your question. no you're
1: good but i mean so just like when you think about going down to nashville i mean what are some of the what are some of the spots you feel like you've been able to see in Nashville that somebody like Joey and I probably, you know, have not been able to experience.
2: Oh, I don't think any. Like I think really? if you've been, yeah, like I'm pretty I mean, you've probably been to the listening room.
1: Oh, I've not been to the I mean, I've I've been past it, but I have not been to a show at the listening room.
2: So like listening room's great. Um yeah. I'm I'm more of like I do lots of rounds, so I do a lot of like the Live Oak and the Tin Roof and and local and I'll pop to those spots for some of the rounds they've got going on, um, but I'm not like, and I mean the only like less typical place would be Red Door, but that's not that is there strictly for drinking and networking purposes. But right, um, but nothing. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any like secret spots unless you're like talking food. Like I probably, I probably <laughs> go out for more food than I do anything else. But I also am kind of low key when I go. Like mm. I don't really. And that's probably not cool. Like, I should probably do more stuff. But I think because I'm juggling, like, I want to go to the gym and I got to work. Like, I still have my full-time job that I got to make pay my bills with and then do music and pitch. And my single was coming out during the time that I was down there. And I think because there's so much going on, like, I just don't really go out and about the same way. Like, I probably treat it, like as if I'm living there, which is – I mean, could people could be like that's lame, go do things, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I have that's no see I have no like sneaky like oh, if you go here like you know, this person's always going to come up and like play a song or two. Like I don't know any of that. I'm right. I'm definitely not as in, in the in the know. See-
1: so you don't you don't know where you can like go to a back door and get to meet Ashley McBride or Carly Pierce or no. something like that. <laughs> darn. No,
2: you know what's so funny? I'll try is that to I'm get
0: ma- the try to get the inside info. Yeah, right. <laughs>
2: my manager Petra though, so like the the female half of my management. Every time she goes to Nashville, I don't know what it is about this woman, but she will text me and she'll be like, "So I'm with I'm with Ashley Cook and Carly Pierce right now," and I'm like, "How?" Oh my gosh. Yeah. In what world? Like, what? Did, what place did you? What? Like, I don't understand. And she's always like this. And I'm like, I don't understand. I never end up in those situations. And if I did, I would probably turn into like a scarecrow because I just like wouldn't know what to do or what to do with my hands. And I'd be like, ah, music. <laughs> like, I would, I'm so. Same. I'm so socially inept now. Ever since the Pandy Wandy happened, I have yeah. like no idea how to talk to people. So, or I would be like too casual and then I bet you'd they be like, don't you know who I am? And I'd be like, I do, but I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Awkward. She's so awkward.
0: (laughs) Well, Parker, (laughs) thanks again so much for coming on. We're so looking forward to the EP that's going to come out later this year. Why don't you tell our listeners that may not be familiar with your music where they can find you at on social media and like streaming platforms and all that.
2: Cool. So you can find me on all of the streaming platforms, Apple, Spotify, Deezer, Tidal, um, wherever you listen and stream your music, Parker Gray, G-R-A-Y-E. And you can find me on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. I think that's all we have right now. Who knows what the next platform will be, but it's at Parker Gray. Just my name, no underscores. no any weird numbers, just Parker Gray uh, and ParkerGray.com.
0: There you have it, folks. Make sure you guys go check out that new single, Last Rodeo. You guys will love it, I promise you. And uh, (laughs) Parker, again, thank you so much. We appreciate you sitting down and chatting with us about everything. And we're uh, definitely going to keep up with you and look forward to circling back around and chatting again in the future.
2: Well, thank you so much, and thanks for doing what you do, because without you guys, our music probably wouldn't reach a lot of people. So uh, I appreciate you very much, and can't wait to share everything else that's to come
0: absolutely and to our listeners thank you guys for tuning in as always we appreciate your support and until next time keep it country and take care of each other